0: to the fantasy sports radio network fantasy sports today
1: and away we go it's fantasy sports today right here on the fantasy sports radio network Dan Trapper, George Kurtz with you for the next two hours, getting ready for week number six in the NFL. Thursday night football is behind us. We'll talk a bit about that. And maybe we'll talk a little baseball as the uh, two hours go by. George, how are you on this Saturday morning?
2: Well, let's see, Dan. I'm a Yankee fan. That didn't go well. I'm a Cowboy fan. That didn't go well. And I top five hockey games last night. That actually went Okay. So it's uh, it's been an interesting week.
1: Five. Did ice or, or roller?
2: Roller. Roller. Uh, okay. You you almost always roll. So uh it went well though. Everybody was uh it was it was a quiet night. Unusual.
1: Right. It, it is funny uh having played in those kind of leagues. Uh, we gave the refs hell. So I can't imagine <laughs> what your nights are like. So uh good to hear it was a somewhat calm one on your your front there. All right, let's talk some uh, Let's talk some New York football giants. Uh, you said you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. You are intimately aware of the NFC East, the Eagles. Uh, picking up a big win there, obviously. Uh, back on Thursday night, Carson Wentz, uh, one making a throw into the end zone to Alshon Jeffery that many, many uh, analysts were, were surprised by, just saying how did he make this throw across his body, dropped it into a, a bread box, basically, uh, over a defender in, in front of another one. A great throw on that pass, seemingly back from that uh, knee injury, or at least making his way uh, and making his influence known. I, I want to hear from you, George, on on the Giants. This is a team that obviously is going nowhere fast at this point when it comes to the NFC East, when it comes to playoff contention, but there are many pieces here that are more than fantasy relevant. Uh, obviously, Evan Ingram's been out, but as far as tight ends go, he's going to be in the mix each and every week. You have Odell Beckham with whatever's going on and, and the speaking out and, and what some describe as tantrums on the sidelines. Um, and then you have Saquon Barkley, who who was uh, a video game out there uh, against the Giants, uh, against the, the Eagles. Uh, all this is to say, though, when you have, uh, as uh, I'm trademarking the, the walking corpse that is Eli Manning uh, under center, can you trust? Anyone but Saquon Barkley on this team? Can you really feel good? Obviously, you've drafted Beckham in, in the first, second, or third—you know, whatever draft you're in—you're playing them because you don't have much else to go to. But how do you feel about owning any of these skill position players on the New York Giants right now?
2: Well, Barkley, you're thrilled, right? I know I've got him uh, in one league, and uh, I'm thrilled. Hey, he's my only healthy running back, so as long as breeze I'm, uh, I'm happy. <laughs> Uh, keep losing running backs in that league, like it's uh, like it's candy, man. They, they keep leaving one at the one week at the one uh, at the other, so it's uh, frustrating there. But that's for most of us. Most of us are having running back problems, but uh, Barkley's great. Uh, you're probably gonna get get back Engram next week, I would assume. He was close this week. And they getting the extra ten days off. He'll be back. And now you know Beckham. You know, we're, we're gonna compl- we complain about Beckham might get it, but he does have three 100 yard games this year. Yeah, he won 11 week one, 109 week uh, three, and he had 131 week five. So he's, in, he's an odd week guy. You know, if you have Beckham and Cooper, you got a great uh, receiver because you can start Cooper during the even weeks. But uh, so I guess you're disappointed in Beckham? Sure. Is he giving you the value you wanted for a probable first round pick? He went in the top of second rounds in some leagues as well. He was falling during draft time. I guess people were worried about this. But you're still t- uh, starting him. Everybody else is pretty much dead. You know, Shepard, okay, flex guy, you can start him at times. I think, you know, it's funny. An article came out, I believe it was, I'm not sure where it was, so I'm not going to say. I think it might have been Newsday, but I'm not positive. That with the Giants, if you don't, if you're, that's at the the hierarchy. If you don't believe in Eli, you're done. You were let go. You know, if you believed in him, you stayed. So this is strange. Because I railed against the Giants, Dan, before before you and I got together, where well, the Giants didn't take a quarterback yes, with sir. the second overall pick, I, I railed against it. You know, uh, but it's funny. I railed my thinking about my reasoning for railing against it was this: in today's NFL, especially this year, where it looks like we're going to have a thousand more points scored than in past year, uh, past years about a twelve percent raw increase. It's all about the quarterback. All the rules are designed to throw the ball. You cannot pass on a possible franchise quarterback. And Sam Donald. The only real way I think Gettleman could have done that is if he truly believed that Donald, Rosen, Allen, Lamar Jackson, is that they none of them was a franchise quarterback. Then I didn't have really have an issue with it. Fine. But assuming that's not the case, I didn't think he could do it. But my reasoning for that was because the Giants were good enough to win. With Eli, they'd, be, they'd win six, seven, maybe even eight games and wouldn't be in position sure. to get the franchise quarterback next year. Now I'm not a, I'm not i I'm not really a big college guy. I don't know how strong the quarterback draft is next year, but now they're one in five, and I'm looking at their schedule here. Uh, actually, I did this the other night too. They play Washington twice. I think they could beat Washington once. They play Dallas again at Giant at the at MetLife. I think they could beat Dallas. So that's two more wins. You got a game versus Tampa. It's possible they could beat Tampa. Tampa's not a good team, uh, and then I keep looking. Indianapolis, okay. You might be able to beat Indianapolis. It's in Indy, so a tough game. Tennessee is sort of a 50 50 game there. Titans aren't a great team. And that's it. You know, there's a game against San Fran there as well. I guess that could be a win. You know, I don't think it'll beat Atlanta next week. That's one and six. No, no. You know, then you got that. So your upside is probably six, six or seven upside. And all those games I said you could win, you're not going to win them all. You know, so they may end up being a four or five win team again. You know, they went three last year, so maybe they will be in position to win that, and they will get the best of both worlds. They just had to eat it this year. So maybe it will work out for them.
1: It's uh, crazy. I appreciate that point of view that, listen, I was against taking Barkley uh, at, at two. I've, I've gotten into stupid Twitter arguments over the past couple of days about it as well, uh, mainly because the Giants had so many holes to fill. And the the words coming out of the Giants' camp was, we're trying to, you know, Use Eli's window here to be competitive. So taking Barkley to prop up Eli Manning was just a really bad way to go about building a, a football team. Now, your point, though, I think is even more intriguing that it wasn't just to, to it wasn't to win now. It was just the thought that taking this running back may have still been, hey, we can get a quarterback later, but they were, would have been too good. Like Too good to really tank and get into the top 10 and into the top 5 to have access to a quarterback that they might want. I think that's a great point now. They've shown themselves to be even worse than we thought. Uh, Eli's just been terrible. The offensive line's been okay. Obviously, when you have a running back doing what Barkley does, you can find some positives on the offensive line. Barkley's also doing things that are just pretty crazy when it comes to running back. There there have been mentions of Barry Sanders. I don't know if I'm going that far quite yet, but hey, Barry Sanders played on a really bad football team and was really good at the running back spot, so I get that uh, connection there. But I wonder, are we going to see, you know, do we see Kyle Luleta soon? Do, do we see one of these backup quarterbacks for the Giants, and do we go into full tank mode uh, for the Giants, and does the Beckhams and the Sterling Shepherds and the Evan Ingrams of the world fall even further back in production because we go to a rookie or a younger quarterback and Eli is, is benched uh, and let known that he is not the the quarterback for this team moving forward. Lots of intrigue there. Uh, any thoughts on the Eagles side of the ball? It seemed like a pretty uh, standard Philadelphia game. You had uh, Carson Wentz doing uh, Carson Wentz things again, getting out of the pocket, throwing on the move. You had uh, only 278 yards, Throwing mainly because he didn't have to do much more. Nelson Aguilar with a couple of big catches. Alshon Jeffrey was busy. Zach Ertz continues to be uh, tight end, you know, top three pretty easily with Kelsey and uh, Rob Gronkowski there. Uh, And then the running backs, you had Smallwood and Clement getting it done enough uh, for the Eagles. Any takeaways here, or is this just sort of standard week over week, what you expect from Philadelphia?
2: Well, they're getting better. Right, I mean, uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, Carson Wentz is still working out some kinks, some rust, yep. whatever you want to call it. There, but they're getting, they look good. They look good against the Giants. They attacked. They, uh, that offense finally looked, looked like it was humming. Like Wentz knew where he was going. He wasn't afraid to throw the ball with Jeffrey, even if Jeffrey was kind of covered. Uh, he threw him open sometimes. So I was, uh, I guess, fantasy wise, you had these players, you were happy to see what they did. You're probably still wondering, uh, Nelson Aguilar still only had three. He had the one big catch, but he still only had three catches. So you're looking for when that's going to pick up, when he's going to be that player he was last year. Or was last year just one of those flash in the pan things, where he has one good year and that's his outlier and that's it. You're never going to see that again. But the offense looks to be getting more in track. For those wondering about Clement and Smallwood, Peterson's history is, tells us that he's going to use everybody. It appears if you made the roster, he's going to play you. He's not going to have a featured back. I think, though, what you're looking for here out of these two is which one's going to be the goal line back That would separate one from the other for me. And we really didn't see that uh, Thursday. Clement, Smallwood, I listen, neither one's great. And most weeks, they'll be your bottom RB2 flex plays. I don't see them getting much higher than that. This is still a throwing team, and I think they'll throw the ball more and more as Wentz proves himself, not only being 100% healthy, which I think he probably is, but also 100% rust-free.
1: Uh, you always want your quarterback to be uh, rust free. That is for sure. Uh, let's uh, we'll move on to the uh, breakdown of Week Six, the Sunday games. Uh, as always, uh, we'll take a look at that. The trade deadline has that passed or I always forget when the NFL one is. Oh no, October. Just is it really October thirtieth? Oh, okay, it's October thirtieth. Yeah. I saw the McCoy rumors picking up, and I thought it was nearer. Uh, So obviously, you have the LaShawn McCoy possibly being dealt from Buffalo uh, on the horizon, To A team like Philadelphia has been the rumor. Uh, You had Sean McDermott there say, I believe the quote was, uh, we're looking forward to Houston. LaShawn is an important part of this team. We're looking forward to having him on the field this Sunday. And it's just that he didn't say no. He didn't say no, we're not trading LeSean McCoy. He just tried to, to jump around. We do have a London game this week. It, it It is always crazy because it's in line with the one o'clocks. So you have to remember um, from a fantasy perspective, the fields are different, the the uh, jet lag, all those things. I know they travel way in advance, but there are other pieces to that Seattle-Oakland game uh, that you may want to consider as you're getting ready for week number six, we'll make our way around uh, game by game. Also, we have a poll going over on uh, the Twitter, uh, which is at uh, at FNTSY radio asking who your favorite uh, GPP play at quarterback is this weekend. Of course, if you have another answer, feel free to reply and let us know. Uh, but the question right now is Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield. Throw Wilson in there as a little bit of a curveball. Maybe get some uh, people who like low ownership q- q- QBs. Uh, Russ with a decent week last week and potentially uh, figuring some things out behind a bad offensive line and has a good matchup with the Oakland Raiders uh, this week. But we'll get to more on that in a little bit. Want to dive in here with George uh, as we go game by game, make our way through. We will also talk uh, some DFS and uh, some wagering as we go through. Looks uh, at some over-unders and figure out uh, where some money can be put down to have some fun on your NFL Sunday Let's dive right into it. Let's get to the game that I think a lot of people are targeting uh, from a DFS perspective. Obviously, from a season-long perspective, you're, you're pretty much starting most everybody in this one. Uh, Tampa Bay and Atlanta, George. Jameis Winston seems to be in a prime spot to put up some gigantic numbers, as is Matt Ryan on the other side. You have all these offensive weapons. You do have Julio Jones here, whose price tag has dropped in the DFS community, so it seems like a nice time to, to get in on that. What do you got here? This is just sort of fire everybody, right, and, and sit back and enjoy the points?
2: Pretty much. I mean, uh, especially in the pass game. Uh, you know, I think, uh, once again, Who if you're not starting anybody and you have one of these receivers— why? I mean, uh, how deep are you are, wide receiver for you not to start anyway, I'm. I could see not starting the run game. Peyton Barber, he's done nothing. I, mean, I wonder. I wonder if this week, after the bye, Barber's done nothing. I know Ronald Jones was so disappointing in the uh, preseason. They were even talking about, wow, this guy should be an NFL player. Uh, but I wonder if this week you have to give him a shot. You know, it's time. You know, if you're not getting anything out of Barber anyway, you need to find out what you have in Jones. Can he be an NFL player? Can he be a running back one? Can he be a serviceable running back, a committee guy, whatever? So I wonder if he's going to get more of a chance here. If know Jones is on your waiver while you have a dead spot, I'm probably willing to take that shot. Now, I don't have him in any league, stand, so I don't have to worry about him. But I do wonder if this is that week where Tampa says, you know what, we got to find out. You know, it, it didn't work out. We had to buy time. Uh, got Jones a couple more weeks of practice. Let's see what's going on. As for everybody else, though, I mean, you're starting – I, with Jameis Winston, you wonder about the rust effect again. Well, he has some rust going on. He hasn't played because of the, of the suspension, but he did have two weeks nice. of practice here. I think he'll be fine, and he was really good in preseason. He was really good in preseason. And people forget, yes, as an NFL quarterback, not so good. Fantasy, he's been fine. He's been actually good in fantasy. I expect right. that to continue. You know, I think my questions are, will he use Deshaun Jackson? He really didn't. He was a big Mike Evans guy. You know, Will he use Chris Godwin? You know, guy would sort of come onto the scene now, when he came on with Fitzpatrick, not Winston. And if both tight ends play, which it looks like they will, I expect Howard to be limited somewhat, but Winston was always a great guy, especially in the red zone. And we expect points to be put up on the board here. You know, If, if uh, Howard wasn't playing, I think Brait was an easy top-eight guy this week. Easy. It would be shocking he doesn't get in the end zone. Howard does complicate matters somewhat. But then again, if you're down this road with these two... It means you've probably got problems at tight end. You probably have one of the guys who were hurt. Ingram, Olsen, Walker. You can go on and on with tight ends. It's been a, it's been a black hole this year. So uh, I'm probably starting break this week. And listen, all your Falcons are going. Freeman's out again, so you're starting Coleman. That's great. If you need a running back, you know, you're desperate, things are still really terrible. Edo Smith is an option here. He's getting carries, and they're not that far behind the. Uh, even when Freeman was playing last week, he got about half as many carries as those guys. So, Ito uh, Smith could be an option as well, but it's in, that's in deeper leagues or if you're in bi week hell or injury hell.
1: <laughs> Two bad hells to be in when it comes to fantasy football. Ito uh, Smith seems like he could be a bit of a goal line back or at least get some vulture TDs. I'm uh, getting some definite action there for Atlanta. Wanted to touch a little bit more on this game on the other side of this break. Uh, I think this is a juicy one. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about the over-unders and the spread. Uh, Talk about Winston a little bit more. And uh, one of my favorite tight ends on the weekend. So all that and more coming back on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dan Strapper, George Kurtz. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Strapper, George Kurtz here, getting ready for week six of the NFL. George, I wanted to keep our eye here. Is this is Blondie. This is Blondie, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, part of class. Um, Cameron Brait this weekend. Uh, this is maybe anecdotal, and my memory uh, has not, uh, as you get older, it, it, it leaves you, right? Um I believe Winston and Breit were a pretty good combination uh, in the past when it came to fantasy goodness. Uh, he's cheap in DFS. He's somebody that um, obviously has talent, uh, somebody who, or at least enough talent here to be fantasy serviceable. Is he somebody, from your perspective, if you're streaming tight ends, you're just sort of making your way through the waiver wire? I don't know how available he is in season long leagues, but is, is he somebody on your radar this week with the connection with Winston, uh, potentially having uh, a big game against the Atlanta Falcons?
2: Well, I think he has to be. You know, I said it earlier. A tight end this season is a, uh, is a problem. You know, a black hole. has been so many injuries that <laughs> I think people were excited earlier in the week because Howard really wasn't expected to play. And you're going to be Cameron Braid against the Falcons secondary and Winston loves throwing to him. We were all thrilled about it. And now, you know, Howard's back in these complicated matters. You know, and now Olsen's also back. Or are we expect him to be back. You know, so that complicates matters as well. Ebron, he's on. He's on, Ebron's on the injury report. Four different injuries, you know. So maybe he plays. Maybe he doesn't play. Maybe he's nowhere near 100. percent But uh, it, it, like I said, it, I think Braid is still top 12 for me. Dan, I do. Only because, all right. Uh, you know, Kelsey Gronk, Graham, Kittle, Reed, Cook. I can. I can put them ahead of him. Rudolph, sure. Ebron, if he plays, yes. Burton, okay. Okay, now everybody else. Can you put Olsen ahead of Braid? And you don't know what you're going to get from his first game back. And, and also needs surgery at the end of the year, which means that foot's still not healed. I don't think he plays the rest of the season. I think he gets, hurt, he gets hurt again. You know, Njoku? No. Hooper? All right, I can see it. Almost for the same reasons that we want to start break. This is going to be a high-scoring game. But then after that, McDonald, Gates, Ricky Seals-Jones, Uzama, you know, Hurst, Swaim? You're not putting any of those guys above Braid, So he's top 12. He is a starting tight end this week. It's just that he, I think he would start uh, easy top eight. I would have put him ahead of Burton, ahead of Rudolph, certainly ahead of Olsen. If, if, probably ahead of Cook too. If Howard wasn't there. Howard's going to be there. How much is he going to play? Howard is a better all-around tight end. You know, if somebody stays healthy, long career, he's going to be a, a great tight end. He can catch the ball. He can block. he can, He's to do-everything tight end. Brait is a very good receiving tight end. And Winston likes throwing to him, especially in the red zone. It's that red zone thing that makes me thinking even with Howard there, I still think Break gets gets a touchdown tomorrow. Because I think when things break down for Winston, hasn't played too well, guess who he's looking to throw to?
1: Yep. And I I think the OJ Howard uh, note is is more than a a valid one and one worth talking about. How does it eat in? I don't know how much 12 set they've gone to this year uh, where both tight ends are out on the field. I assume it's minimal uh, being they have those wide receivers uh, and the skill position guys that they want to get out there. But I do love Breit this weekend at the price point in DFS. I think that uh, the upside is there. And you have to talk about Howard on the other side of that as well. Does he get uh, enough run here? It is a sort of all-hands-on-deck game when it comes to season-long, as George pointed out. And also, we'll talk DFS later. But it's, it's a game stack that clearly many people will be on. That's one of the reasons both Winston and Ryan are in this poll and uh, they're leading currently. So you have Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan uh, at uh, 47% and 26%, respectively. Baker Mayfield's at 14 and then Russell Wilson at 13%. And obviously, I'm sort of tipping my hand with this poll of where my eyes are. So um, that, that makes uh, some sense as we go through. Let's go on to our next game here. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. You Dalton versus, versus Roethlisberger. It's an AFC North Tilt. No, oh, well, before we move on, actually, let me get your take here uh, on the over/under fifty-seven and a half. It's opened at fifty-seven from the book I'm looking at. You have uh, Tampa Bay implied at twenty-seven point two five, Atlanta at thirty point two five. Atlanta's come up a, a half point uh, from the open from what I am looking at. Ooh, uh, fifty-seven and a half is a big number. We've seen these two teams give up a ton of points. Is this one where the the over intrigues you, or is that number just too big right now?
2: Well, the over has to intrigue you. It's not even the biggest over of the week, which is crazy. Think about that. 57 and a half, that's not even the biggest one. Uh, unless you truly believe that the Buccaneers fixed their defense during the bye week, I don't, what do you hope for? A 24-21 game here? I don't see that happening. I, I think it goes over. I really, I don't think either team has much of a secondary here. I do think the, it's in it's Atlanta. I think the Falcons know. If, if they're going to save their season, they have to win this game, and you have to win next week. You play with yep. Giants next week, so you have to win these games. Uh, so I think they know that maybe they'll play better, but th- the truth is they're they're banked up on defense. they're destroyed on defense. They're d- in their defense, uh, well they're down four starters now from the start of the season. They've just had a lot of injuries. They've had a lot of a uh, lot of grief there. So I think they know they have to score points. They're going to have to get into a shootout with people and beat them. Fifty-seven is a large number. And you think about that. 30- 31-27, That's what you're looking for or above. That's fifty-eight right there. That's hard. But the bottom line is, neither team has a defense. We know Tampa Bay doesn't, so uh, I'll go the over here. Uh, It's dangerous, you know, when it's that high. I don't enjoy going that high, but I'm going to go the uh, over and Atlanta.
1: Yeah, I, 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 yes, I I think that's at minus three. Atlanta feels, and to your point, Tampa Bay's defense could figure things out i just don't see it happening this week and uh, i think the over and, and uh atlanta paired is is where i would end up on this one as well uh, a fun game though and george has pointed out uh astutely before that taking overs is uh, tends to be a little bit more fun when it comes to the nfl because you can get there in the third quarter and then relax the rest of the game trying to sweat out uh, an under bet can be a little bit more uh Nerve wracking. <laughs> a little bit, you're, you're stretched to the end of the game, garbage time. Just ask Blake Bortles about it. I mean, Blake Bortles with his garbage time, TDs, has, has changed many a Vegas bet. So uh, let's continue on here. We'll go on to Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Uh, as I mentioned before, it's an AFC North battle. So, sort of everything you, you get from a metrics perspective, you do have to put a little star next to that. Strange things happen in these matchups, tend to be a little bit more defensive. They know each other very well. These coaches have coached against each other for years. So, Gotta like Dalton here. Uh, AJ Green obviously is a go. Uh, you have Joe Mixon making his way back to to full health. On the other side, Pittsburgh has its its cast of characters—the guys you know you run out each and every week. A matchup with Cincinnati may not be the best uh, you could hope for. Cincinnati's defense is a a little bit slow, but ha- had a good week last week. What do you got here? Is this uh, a no doubt about it, start everybody that you would typically start on both these teams, or do you have some reservations about one or two plays in this one?
2: Well, this game's interesting. First off, these two teams, they don't like each other. They don't like each other at all. So there's, there's going I think they give 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 me some emotion here. You know, a lot of uh, some 15-yard flags for uh, a little extra hitting. You know, that sort of thing here. So I'm curious to see which team can keep that in check. Uh, I think that's uh, the first little thing I think about here. Second thing is... Last game for James Conner. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell's back, or he will be. Or he says he's coming back next week, uh, and I'm surprised, Dad. You know, if I'm Le'Veon Bell, why did not you come back yesterday? Think about it. You come back Friday, you're gonna get paid. That's eight hundred fifty-five thousand in your pocket, and the Steelers still aren't using you this week. There's no way they could plug you in the lineup when you show up at uh, you know four o'clock on a Friday. and You gotta play in uh, 36 hours. That's not gonna happen. You know, so I'm surprised he didn't do that. Uh, in terms, of the agent didn't think about that. I guess they, they, I guess they could worry that Pittsburgh would screw him over and play him Sunday. Right? If I was Run loving a bell, right? I, I still, I would have showed up. I don't think the Steelers would have. Uh, but I, I was just curious about that. Anyway, little, uh, a little trolling theory that I think could have happened there. But all right, last game for James Conner before he's, uh, I think, goes away. You know, Ben Roethlisberger can say all he wants to say that uh, James deserves some touches. He's going away. Uh, they're gonna, they're gonna. Abuse uh, Bell now for the rest of the year and get what they can out of him before he leaves. You're still starting Connor. You still, obviously, you're starting Sh- uh, Smith Schuster. He was the one, by the way, who laid out perfect last year and got got suspended for it. So once again, I wonder if that's going to have to be some payback during this game. If I'm Smith Schuster. Certainly want to have my head on a swivel during this game. Uh, and Antonio Brown. The tight ends are so hard. McDonald, James, which one? I, I already met through my tight ends. I don't have any of my uh, as tight end ones. You want to guess? If I had to guess, I'd go to uh, McDonald, but that's just a guess. And I said he's not a tight end one for me this week. Ben Roethlisberger on the road. You should be able to do better. You didn't draft him as a quarterback one anyway, probably. And once again, I, I, Ben Roeth is going to worry me about here, so I don't want to start him. You, know, you go over to Cincinnati. I think Dalton, once again, is a good streamer. But you know, Matt Ryan didn't do so well. Maybe, maybe this defense has figured something out. Granted, it was in Pittsburgh last week, not on the road, but maybe the secondary has figured something out. You're starting Dalton. I still think you're starting Boyd. If you need a tight end, once again, not a tight end one, but Uzoma is an option here, a streaming tight end you could grab here. Croft is out as well, so he's their only tight end there. Joe Mixon's back. You're starting him. Gio Bernard's out. That's pretty much as far as I'm going as fantasy. There, I think this game is going to be a, uh, I don't want to say a slugfest, because, but in that sort, think they're going to hit each other. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game where it's going to be you know, 50 uh, points whatever it is. I think the over-under is high for this one at 50.5. I was surprised knowing these two teams. I'm definitely going under.
1: I like uh, we, we made uh, a point about Uzoma last week. You did when I brought up Tyler Croft with uh, a good call as uh, obviously injury now this week makes Uzoma pretty much the only option there. And this is a Pittsburgh team that has struggled on defense In totality, but also is 25th in DVOA against the tight end position. I like Uzoma as random flyer, both uh, for season long and for DFS. So a name to keep in in sort of the back pocket as you're doing roster construction or making some last minute pickups if you're able to uh, heading into Sunday to get your uh tight end spot at least uh functional at least giving you some potential upside as uh george has pointed out it's been a tough spot all season long let's uh continue on here i like this game a lot chargers and browns uh, this is a browns team that is 500 They're two and two and one and honestly ha- are, are a couple plays away from being 4-0-1 or even 5-0 and this is a team that's showing some resilience and some fire with Baker Mayfield under center. Defense has started to figure some things out, still has some uh, definite holes in it, but that front four is pretty, pretty damn talented. So this is a Chargers team that we know can put up offensive points. It's one that on the defensive side of the ball hasn't been all that great. So this is a game I'm targeting a a bit from uh, a betting and from a, DFS perspective what do you got here is this one that maybe people will uh, pass over because of the matchup but uh, has some goodness to it or is this one that you you don't want anything to do with
2: I think as far as betting I'm not gonna touch it I'm not uh Cleveland's plus one overrun is 46 that actually both sounds about right uh I don't feel I don't feel strongly either way I think the Chargers are a good team but they have been bereft of injuries this season they can't uh you know bose is still not back probably not back until right. November he's obviously the key to that defense you know that they need, they need him to play you know the being out hurts as well uh Durbin Jamesman been and nice, the rookie safety's played very well but they they need help there cleveland you mentioned it i mean uh, we could say this about most teams but especially with cleveland if they just had a kicker they'd have two more wins i mean just, just a kicker just a kicker you know so the and they still don't really have one so they have some issues there but uh, good for them. At least they're not the uh, you know the brownies where you make fun of them and they're terrible. Uh, at least they're on the right track fantasy-wise. I mean, you are always studying Melvin Gordon. Uh, right. Philip Rivers is mm, maybe. Uh, once again, he wasn't. At least he wasn't drafted as a quarterback once. He's never a definite start. Depends on who else you have there. But I'm not afraid of starting him. Uh, what I am afraid of starting is anybody in the passing game outside of Keenan Allen. I mean, which Williams? Ty? Is it Ty this week? Is it Mike? You know, you just don't know weekend and we got neither one's lighting it up anyway. Antonio Gates is uh, like I said I'm not gonna use the word desperate. He's a tier um, a tier or two above desperate, but unless he gets into the end zone, he's not gonna have a good fantasy day. He's yep. just not. Yeah, you, know, you need him to score here and that's you know, we, as we all know, you're not gonna score each and every week. So that's an issue there. Cleveland, you want Carl's high. Nick Chubb had the big game two weeks ago against Oakland. We said that. That came on, on three carries. It wasn't like he had 20 carries They using him. He just had two big carries in that game. Uh, last week, we went back to Norm there. Carl's high, obviously the runner you want there. You're not getting anything out of Duke Johnson, by the way. I've moved on from him in a couple of leagues. Because he's not throwing him the ball. For whatever reason, they, they just don't do that anymore. Uh, the passing game, Landry, he's dropping some more passes than he used to, but he's the only player I trust there. Callaway, though, is someone I'll look at flex play, depending on what my other needs are.
1: Uh, great breakdown, and I think uh, you hit on everybody. The the Duke Johnson disappearances, a, a strange one that uh, I, we've seen this year, where they're just not targeting him as much as we would have expected. Carlos Hyde's been good; he, he's been solid for Cleveland. He hasn't been overwhelmingly good, and then of course there's the random Nick Chubb sighting from time to time uh, for the Cleveland Browns, but. Uh, the, the Duke Johnson going missing has been uh, one of those storylines from the Cleveland Browns that I, I don't know many people are paying attention to as uh, Hyde gets most of those uh, runs. I, I like Cleveland here a lot. I, I like them to, one, win this game outright. Uh, I think the, the, what is it, you said plus one. I, I This is one I'm keeping, uh, sorry, minus one, plus one for, for the Chargers. Um, this is one I'm keeping close tabs on seeing if there's more movement in that line it dropped from 46 to 45 and a half I I don't know that I'm going over under but I'm a big I'm on the Browns bandwagon I I believe in this team I believe in the defense coming around and being better Um, as I may mention previously I have a a side bet with a friend of mine that the Browns will make the playoffs next year I don't think they're making it this year but they're they're a team that is fun to watch and I'm going to Going to put some money where my mouth is on that one and enjoy watching them this uh, weekend against the Chargers. I, I like the minus the minus one there for the Cleveland Browns and all the pieces. I think Mayfield is going to be a-, a tournament QB for me with uh, some Jarvis Landry pairings to see if we can't get some upside out of that. Let's uh, move on to our next contest. It's Buffalo and Houston. George... Set off the fireworks. Ring the bell. It's the game of the week here. The Houston Texans and the Buffalo Bills. What do you got in this one?
2: Yeah, no such thing when you're uh, involving the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I mean, listen, Buffalo, it's just the Sean McCoy. That's it. That's not going (laughs) to change there. And and even (laughs) he's just a running back, too. Uh, A lot of of news uh, this week, or noise, I should say, that McCoy, the Philadelphia Eagles, asked about him. And Buffalo said no, but, listen, Buffalo's going to say no. You know, they're going to want to jump, jump some interest, see what they can get from him. I don't see why they wouldn't do it if the deal is right. I wouldn't give him away, but, hey, if you get a good deal, I'd move if I was Buffalo. You're not going anywhere with him. And he's getting up there in age, and he's got these other problems going on with the legal problems. I would certainly move on if I can get a good price there. As for Houston, uh, I mean, they did their best to try and get Sean Watson killed last week against the Cowboys, he took three or four massive shots in that game. You saw in overtime, they, every time he went to the sideline, they were literally checking his heart. I mean, my God. Uh, football's a brutal game sometimes, but that uh, that was on the play calling. Let's keep having him on naked bootlegs. Let's see what happens there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just ridiculous. But he's fine playing, uh, so you're, you're safe to start him, and I would start him. Will Fuller, I want to start him. I do. But he's banged up as well. Kiki Kuti now is alive here, and we're hearing about him. He could be a flex play in this game. Buffalo does, does have a good young cornerbacks. They could keep this game in check as far as the passing game is concerned. That's why I don't think Fuller's an automatic start this week because of the injury. Once again, what else do I have on my roster there? And, of course, Lamar Miller's back. He'll play this week. Running back, too, but nothing sexy whatsoever.
1: Coming back on the other side of this break, we'll uh, read Steve G's tweet. He has a question for you, George, uh, over there on Twitter. So we'll get to that coming up on the other side. And we'll continue game-by-game breakdown of week number six in the NFL. Dan Trapper, George Kurtz here on Fantasy Sports Today. Hey, Jealousy, coming back on the other side of this break. Some all-star analysis here on Fantasy Sports Day. Dan Trevor, George Kurtz, getting you ready for week number six in the NFL. Don't forget, if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. George, we move on in uh, week number six, uh, game-by-game analysis here Anything else from this Buffalo-Houston game? Any pieces? You said LaShawn McCoy. Nobody else from Buffalo really is worthwhile, so uh, time to move on?
2: When it comes to Buffalo, I think, I think it's a week in and week out thing. You know, McCoy, move on. You know, you get, if you want to start, him, am fine. Uh, not much upside there. We saw what Houston did Sunday night to Dallas, right? They pretty much sold out to stop Elliott because they weren't worried about the passing game. I see the exact same thing happening uh, this week. They'll sell out to stop McCoy. Hey Josh, you can beat us fine. We'll take our chances, but we don't think you can. You know, so we're gonna start the one guy we think can beat us. You know, take the man. It's so the Bill Belichick school. Take away the other team's best option, force them to win with something else. It's exactly how I expect this week to play out as well.
1: All right, you uh, you answered uh, Stevie over there on Twitter, but I do want to get your uh, words here on how Hayden Hurst is playing into the tight end mix for you. Uh, I could obviously read your tweet live here, but would rather uh, you enumerate your point. Uh, is he somebody that's on your radar? Obviously uh, an older rookie, somebody who's come into the league, got injured, had some, a little bit of buzz about him from the, from the tight end position as a rookie. Do you like him as a, a stash or somebody that uh, is worth streaming uh, in the not-too-distant future?
2: I don't like having two tight ends on my roster. Not they the two very good tight ends. And I think Hurst could be very good in time, but that might be a year from now, two years from now. Flacco's history tells us that he will use the tight end. So I think once they get, uh, you want to call it chemistry, once they get in line with each other, I think that he will be uh, usable, yes. But for Steve's question, he has Hooper. Well, he using Hooper this week. We like him this week against Tampa. Next week they play with Giants. Pretty much you like any tight end against the Giants, right? So that's at least the next two weeks they're using Hooper. So uh, And by then, he's got. I believe he said he, had, he has Doyle. So then Doyle should be back by then. So using him, so I don't see the reason to pick up Hurst here. The only reason why he could do it is that the player he's going to drop is Chase Edmonds, who's giving you nothing anyway, and he's banged up as well. So if you did, if it's going to make you feel any uh, feel better to grab Hurst, go ahead. But either way, I don't know if you'll ever use Hurst. What it does is it just gives you a backup tight end now, which you're already sort of having Doyle, rather than a backup running back in Edmonds. Yeah, so I don't see the problem here. Uh, If you want to do it fine, it makes you sleep better. I probably wouldn't. I think I'd rather have the running back in the end because you have Doyle. If you didn't have Doyle, it might feel differently here, but you have Doyle. I think he comes back next week, and it doesn't matter next week. You're fine with Hooper against the Giants. So, you know, he'll certainly be back in two weeks. So for me, I probably wouldn't do this. But that being said, Evans is pretty much a dead spot on your roster anyway. Unless you have him as a handcuff, once again, so you can sleep better at night because you have David Johnson. Then I'm okay with that as well.
1: All right. Let's continue on. And a game that I haven't looked at a ton. I have, uh, well, that's not true. I, I like the running backs in this matchup for the Chicago Bears, Chicago and Miami. Uh, Chicago sits at 3-1 and one overall. Miami at 3-2. and two, They are tied for first place in the AFC East with the New England Patriots. Uh, the Bills and Jets uh, just one game back at 2-3. and three. So you assume New England runs away with this uh, division eventually, but For now, it's a tightly contested one. This game, for me, pops off for Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, but I I like Cohen's price point, talking DFS specifically, and the Chicago defense. I know people have liked Tannehill um, and Stills. I I know people have thought that they were better offensively than maybe they are. You have Tannehill questionable with a a shoulder injury. I like the Bears defense a lot here. What do you got? Is this a game on your radar? I saw the uh, over-under dropped from 44 to 42 Heading into yesterday, uh, what what's this game make for you?
2: Uh, listen, I like the Bears' defense a lot as well. Coming off a bye week against Miami, who have no, almost no running game, you know, it, other than Still, is not really much of a threat in the passing game. And Tannehill is blah. You know, uh, last week, Tannehill was hilarious last week. Let's bang some passes off uh, off off my own helmet for interceptions. I mean, I mean, oh, Tannehill's terrible. Uh, I don't see much going to happen here offensively for Miami. I don't. There's nobody I want to start here. Uh, absolutely nobody. I think Chicago's going to. I don't think they're going to roll it up here because I, I think Miami's defense is good enough to keep Chicago in check. Trubisky's certainly not going to throw six touchdown passes this week. Uh, but that being said, I like Howard. I like Cohen as well. Don't love him. I think they're, uh, you know, Howard's a running back two this week. Uh, Cohen more in the flex range. of uh, running back three. Uh, Allen Robertson. Miami's cornerbacks have been okay. You know, they've been pretty solid here. So I don't think, like I said, I don't think this game's a runaway here. But I think Chicago does win the game. You're starting Allen Robinson. Starting Trey Burton. He is a tight end one this week, low end tight end one, but a tight end one nonetheless. History tells us that Miami generally has trouble covering tight ends, but uh, I wonder if this was fixed during the bye week. You know, Chicago really hasn't used Burton a whole lot. Or really, he hasn't been the play we thought he might be here. So I wonder if they're going to keep working on that here. I, you know, I wish the over under wasn't lowered then, because uh, I like the I did like the under a lot more when it was uh, a couple of points higher. Yep. I, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game.
1: Yeah, I think if you got it at 44, uh, it feels comfortable still, though, may not feel overly comfortable, but 44, the 42 and trending downward. So if you're already looking at this one, it could drop another half point if Tannehill is fully ruled out. I don't think I don't know if Tan Hill's worth a full two points for Chicago uh, for Miami here, but it would seem as though that could be the case and you could see the drop. Uh, Even further for this game down to a a 41.5 or even a 41 before uh, kickoff tomorrow, Uh, just simply because uh, this is not going to be an offensive game. I will reiterate again later when we talk DFS, but. I'm on Tariq Cohen a lot this week, and I, I don't love running back by committees, and, and it hasn't necessarily been that here in Chicago uh, with Jordan Howard, but you're starting to see Cohen get more carries, more definitely more targets, uh, and this is a, a team that I think will continue to lean on Cohen in that regard, so I like that matchup a lot here with Miami and uh, potential savings there on, on DraftKings and FanDuel with some... Pretty big upside in my estimation. So I like... Uh, we'll, we'll reiterate that later, but wanted to make sure to call out specifically Tre Cohen in this matchup. Uh, let's move on to Arizona and Minnesota. The Josh Rosen experience has been... Fine. He's uh, uh, acquitted himself pretty well for how much pressure he's been under. Uh, I think he's throwing under pressure on 47% of his passes, which is an insane number when you really break it down against the rest of the league. Uh, Then you have the Minnesota Vikings on the other side who are trying to figure things out uh, on the defensive side of the ball, figuring out uh, what their identity is, obviously with uh, some injuries and some other concerns on the front line. Love David Johnson again this week. Think that uh, Minnesota pieces are always fine when you get Diggs and Thielen involved. This could be a fun one. Could have some points scored here. How do you see this one breaking down?
2: Oh, I don't think it's gonna be all that much fun for Arizona. Uh, I think Minnesota at home. I think Minnesota's is gonna pretty much. Uh, I think this one's almost in the bag here. Uh, I do. I think what Minnesota wants to work on here is getting Dalvin Cook back in the offense, back into being a big part of the offense. Uh, where he's a threat again, where teams have to worry about him, something we haven't really seen now since before the ACL injury last year. So I think that's what they're looking for here. Get Dalvin Cook involved. Uh, Curious to see what Patrick Peterson does. Does he travel now uh, to try and take Diggs out? Uh, I think Thielen will be okay. Thielen plays out of the slot as well, so that uh, could help him out staying away from Patrick Peterson because Peterson's having a great season. So if he's on Diggs the whole game, man, if I knew about that going in, Diggs wouldn't necessarily be a start for me in this game. If I knew Peterson was just going to live on him. Or if they said, hey, Peterson's going to follow Thielen all over the place. Same thing. But I, I don't know if he's going to travel in or just stay on his side. So I'm curious about that. As I said, I do think they will try and integrate Cook into this offense more here. Uh, that's what I expect during the game. For Arizona, I mean, outside of David Johnson, that's it. There's no one else I'm starting here. with Fitzgerald. The more and more I see, and the more and more I'm like, oh, you you should have retired, man. When you were talking about retirement, you know, we're just built by ourselves. You're thinking about retirement. You are retired. He should have retired. I don't think it's all him, mind you. Uh, body's betraying him a little bit. Has these injuries. There's just nothing there. Uh, I like Josh Rosen long term, but he's he's not the court, you know he's not Baker Mayfield right now. He has things to learn there, and there's just no other options there. So teams are only just taking him out, and you, the passing game's done. There's not really much to go here. I think this is a wipeout game. I think something like. wouldn't shock, 31-10. I think all the points here are going to be scored by Minnesota.
1: I hear you, and I I don't think the assessment's wrong. I do like David Johnson. I think Arizona hangs around a little longer in this one. I do think it ends up being a big Vikings win, but this feels like the sort of game that, one, Minnesota may not have circled on the calendar, uh, and two, I think this is a David Johnson game where where Johnson has the matchup you need where he can carry this team for a quarter or two and keep them in it. So I like Johnson a lot when it comes to DFS. I think this is a big game for him. Beyond that, I agree with you that this is just sort of a game of attrition for Minnesota where over the course of the game, their offense is just too good. Their defense is good enough against a bad Arizona offense that it does end up being, I would say, more 31 13, 31 17 sort of game where we get some points out of David Johnson. Josh Rosen is okay getting the ball to Johnson. Uh, very similar to the Saquon Barkley game on Thursday night. I, I think it's a lot of um, offensive line, uh, line of scrimmage passes to David Johnson. There are swing passes, there's every pass you can possibly get him in space to get the ball in his hands this week. I think we finally see that here against Minnesota, but long-term, I do think Minnesota runs away with it when all is said and done. I I would go 31-17 as as a final there uh, with points coming from uh, David Johnson and David Johnson alone. Obviously, they could target him and keep him out of the offense as best they can, but I I just see this as uh, his week finally. Up next, uh, we have the Indianapolis Colts and the New York Jets. Sam Darnold and the air raid attack with Robbie Anderson, obviously. Uh, don't expect that again this week, but the Colts' secondary is, I don't know if uh, we've mentioned this before, not very good. Uh, it's injured. It is uh, a struggle each and every week to see it uh, sucks, how man. they will. It sucks, <laughs> I was trying to trying to get there, but uh, it's bad. It's a a terrible secondary and and one where the Jets and Darnold could have some upside here and and Darnold somebody I was going to mention in the QB poll as a a potential tournament play. Now, obviously, with a rookie, there can be questions week over week, and I'm not saying he's a lock to, to have a big week, but. This is another good matchup, and one where Robbie Anderson and Quincy Inunua should be at least part of your strategy. Uh, Anderson for the home run upside, and Inunua just from a simple uh, volume play. That The the, the targets should be there again this week. They didn't have to be there last week with Crowell and Anderson doing their work. I, I like the Jets side of the ball. Andrew Luck has shown that his arm seems to be doing well enough. The Jets defense is... Okay, it's not uh, lighting the world on fire, but has some some plus pieces to it. I like this one. I like this game, obviously uh, a little bit more than I should as a Jets fan. But w- what? How does it break down for you? Is this one where you see Andrew Luck having a big game? Is it one where Darnold could have a big one? H- how does it uh, all wash out for you?
2: Why not both? Really? Why not both? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's let's start from the other road team here. Andrew Luck. Uh, I man his. He still aims the ball. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he had a great week last week. I think that's more on how bad the Patriots' defense is than anything else. Plus, they were behind, so they had to throw all game. And no, there's no running game there. So they uh, sort of have no choice there. Well, uh, You want to start luck this week. So you pretty much want to start luck every week. That being said, no T.Y. Hilton, done. Jack Doyle, done. You know, So you're not getting either one uh, this week. That doesn't mean that Chester Rogers, Ryan Grant, they're in play. You know, and Justin Rogers is out there in a lot of leagues. You need somebody. Hey, go out and get him. He uh, he drops a lot of passes, but the target is still going to be there because they have nobody else. Eric Ebron, who is a definite start if he plays, but uh, this man's all over the injury report. Multiple injuries. I think he's going to play, mind you, but just keep that in mind. But then again, let's say you didn't want to start Ebron. Who's your second tight end that you can afford to think to not start this man if he uh if he's playing? I mean. Uh, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to take one of the Pittsburgh guys. I'm not going to go down that low. If it's Brait, okay, we can chat. Well, maybe I would take someone like Brait. But after that, I'm still starting Ebron there. Uh, there's just not too many options there. This just not. Hines, I know Mack is coming back. I think he's intriguing. You know, If you're stuck at a flex and you don't have anybody else, or maybe your running back's a week, I can see him being a running back play here, but I like to see how they're going to use him first before I throw him in there. Uh, I do think Max is a decent player, but Hines is the guy I want there if I had a choice between the two. As for the Jets, you know, we need to, we need to calm the brakes a little bit down on Robbie Anderson. Yes, he had 123 yards passing last week. Came on three catches. Okay, he's had two big plays. He only had five targets. He's only had 21 targets this year. I mean, he just do the math That's four targets a game. You know, and 11 of those have come the past two weeks. But he's pretty much averaging about four or five a game. He's, if you take out week one where he only had one target, he's averaging five a game. So it's not like he, uh, Donald's looking for him over and over again. And Newman's been his main guy, but didn't happen last week. Maybe defense is starting to take him away now and force him to, to go to Robbie Anderson's way. We'll see here. But uh, once again, Donald, it sounded good, but he only had 198 yards passing last week. It didn't light up uh, through the air. It was on the ground they lit it up. And even that's a problem. It, was, it looks like Isaiah Crowell... That doesn't look like he will be a game time decision. So we're gonna see what's gonna happen at 11:30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. See if he's inactive or not. You know, if he's inactive, by the way, Powell becomes a strong running back too. If not, Powell's more of a flex play here, and you're starting Crowell. So there are a lot of moving parts in this game because of injuries. Ebron, you're gonna watch. Crowell, you're going to watch. Like I said, Robbie Anderson, he's in. He's certainly in play for me here because of the secondary, and it, it is bad. Sucks. You know, bites it. Whatever. Uh, it's bad. So, I think uh, I wonder if the game plan for the Jets is to throw the ball. It should be. You know, that, That's where you can beat Indianapolis. But that being said, it's not like you want to have success on the ground, also. So, uh, I think I'm curious to see who, uh, who plays here for the Jets, if Crowell plays, if Powell plays. Bottom line is this I think points are going to be scored.
1: Yep. uh, I'm right there with you. And I think uh, the over is uh, in play in this one. If you want to go that way, I I tend to stay away from recommending anything with the jets, but uh, I do think there's uh, some upside there. Listen, last week, I think you make the the right points about Anderson. I think also you can connect dots that Inunwa was simply game scripted out, uh, whatever phrase you want to use that. They just didn't need him on this game. And I think, the, the net of Crowell's big day on the ground and Robbie Anderson in the air negated any real need for nunwa pretty early on in that game. Um, so I, I see it as a, a nice bounce back spot for him to get heavy targets here uh, and have some major upside. He is, you know, to use a bad phrase, a possession receiver. He's not the home run threat. That's what Robbie Anderson does. So if you want the safer floor, I think it's definitely nunwa You have some upside here with Robbie Anderson. And the other side, I think points are going to be scored. So if you're, you're on Andrew Luck, obviously season long, you're starting him uh, from a DFS perspective. I don't know if I'm going there, but there's merit to it. There's merit to this game being uh, a little bit more open uh, than you might expect from uh, Vegas's line and even what these two teams have done in the past. And I like Sam Darnold. I, I'm not going to go crazy here. Ownership wise, maybe one or two lineups out of 10 that uh, have him uh, with the Neumah paired and then go elsewhere for the rest of my lineup. But I think at least in early roster construction, he'll be around uh, for what I'm trying to do. We'll take a look uh, at this poll as we close out the hour. 49% of the votes go to Jameis Winston. Matt Ryan is second at 24%. Russell Wilson at 12%. Baker Mayfield at 15% for who your GPP is quarterback is on Sunday. We have a new poll coming out about some over-under bets uh, coming up after the top of the hour. We'll talk more about these games, and uh, be sure to take your phone calls in the second segment. We'll give out the phone number on the other side of this. You're listening to Dan Trapper George Kurtz on Fantasy Sports Today.